Live on my second YouTube channel. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, two guests, who I came across on social media. I think it was either Gab or BitChute. But the title of their uh, social media is The Occult Rejects, and it caught my eye. And I've listened to a couple hours of their stories about being in these groups that I've studied myself, but not had not had the opportunity to really talk with people who are in. And they're uh, New York Patriot and Lux, who... One was in the OTO, and the other is in the Order of the Golden Dawn. So that was one of Crowley's first orders, and then the OTO is a German group, but Crowley became the head in 1925. But we're going to talk to them, and uh, or I'm going to talk to them, and just kind of ask them questions and tell their story. So, New York Patriot and Lux, are you there? Yep, I'm here. What's going on? Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people... Can you tell your stories? I mean, I think it's going to be curious just to kind of tell your stories consecutively, but... Maybe you can start New York Patriot and talk about how you actually got into the OTO, how you heard about it, and what it was like kind of uh, joining the group. And you're in New York, right? So did you ever come across it like Jim Wasserman? I think he just passed away. But maybe you, if you know any of these light leading lights, too, if you could talk about that. I've, I know who he is. I mean, of course, you're going to know who he is if you're in the OTO. Um, unfortunately, no, I've never met the guy before he passed away. Gotcha. He's definitely seemed to be an interesting character. Yeah, he was in that um, huge magic like group in the seventies. But uh, yeah, so how did how did you find out about the OTO? Well, I, you know, I had basically, you know, I was big into conspiracies, you know, when I, a while ago for years. I mean, I'm you know, probably going back to like 2010. I started getting into this stuff, and um, I, I did start to believe that, you know, these these uh, these types of secret societies were real, and that they did have an influence, possibly or control, kind of of like you know, things of what's going on in the world. So I started, I guess, going down the rabbit hole and looking into them. And, and, you know, I started thinking like, as silly as this sounds, like if I had gotten in, into it myself, would I be able to like maybe keep myself out of it in a way? <laughs> and I just found it to be very interesting. And I thought that, uh, you know, I definitely believed it to be real. And um, it seemed like uh, anything associated with uh, Crowley seemed to be pretty, um, in depth, very structured, and uh, just you know, regardless of what maybe who he was and some of the sick stuff he did, I do think he still was in a way an occult genius. So I figured that maybe his his orders might have had a little bit more of um, structure and knowledge to them. So did you shop around to see which one you were going to join, and then OTO was the um, right path for you? I, I was torn between. Well, there was three of them. The, the AA, the Astro Magentum, the, the OTO, or the Golden Dawn. Um, the AA was very serious. If you want to try to join, um, you, you got to read like tons and tons of books and then take this ridiculous test even to become a student. And usually, I, I, like a real, real secret society because you don't know really anybody. You're dealing with somebody on a computer and just see people when you go to initiation. So I thought that was a little too much for me. There was no golden dawn around by me, and um, even just looking at you know how the way that they practice, I'm, I'm sure Lux might be able to verify. It also looks like it would be very expensive with all the stuff that they use and all the the, the stuff that you got to buy and wear. It just was. I was like, I don't know if I'm willing to dump tons of money into this too, you know. So uh, I found out there was actually an OTO uh, lodge, and there was a, two of them in New York. So. Interesting. They call them oasis, oases, or whatever. 
It depends on the size. I think oh. camp is small, then an oasis, and then there's a lodge. And uh, gotcha. even depending on the size, also depends on um, you know, what initiations they can go up to too. You know, a lodge can go higher initiations than the other one. And then you, so you reached out to their lodge. How big is their lodge in New York City? How many members do you know? Um, I mean, the ones in New York, I could probably safely say was, uh, I mean, people that went religiously, uh, probably 20 to 30 people maybe, but I mean, they might have like a total like 50 or 75 active members. Gotcha. And how did, how did that first meeting go for you? Like, how did you reach out to them? How did you, um, uh, start? Not, I mean, I, I, I can only speak for the OTO. I guess I can't speak for all the ones, but, um, it's very, very, first off, the website will show you where, if you go onto the website, it will show you exactly where they are. Um, they all have some sort of like practically some sort of social media thing. Yeah, I mean, they all have like an email or, you know, a Facebook page. Some of them have, YouTube or whatever. And, uh, I just emailed them. Uh, no, I think I went to the website. I saw, um, something that was coming up and I left an email and I contacted them saying I was interested to go into the master mask. And then, uh, I think they told me like to get in touch with them possibly the day of or the day before. And then they, they sent me directions, you know, in the address that I was going to, that was very just weird to me and very shady. I just thought, I don't know, that weirded me out. But, I mean, it did go well. I mean, I went there and, you know, still alive. So you went through, you went to your first Gnostic Mass. That was kind of your first meeting with yeah, the Yeah, that was my first, uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. So did they have the whole Book of the Law in the center with the seven candles and everything like that? Well, I mean, well they have, um, I mean, it's a huge, gigantic altar that the Book of the Law is up on. I mean, there's there's way more than seven candles on that. Um they have that. They have, um, they have a, like a, 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 I guess you call it a pentacle that, you know, that they, they're going to put the, the cake of light on. They have, you know, the, the cup uh, for, the, for, the, for the wine. I mean, there's a few things on the altar, but yeah, they, they do keep the book of the law up there. Gotcha. And so that was kind of your intro. Did you get, what was the first degree that you had to pass to become an OTO member? Well, if you do a Minerval, you're kind of like a uh, an honored guest at that point. You can start going to uh, closed meetings, um, which can be very different. Uh, first degree will make you a uh, full member, though. Gotcha. So you went through up at least into the first degree, is that correct? Yes, yeah. What books did they make you kind of associate with at the beginning? What readings? Um, believe it or not, I mean... They, it's it's very different from how like I'm sure that Bucks tell you about his experience in the Golden Dawn. Um, well, you know when you do uh, like a initiation, they will give you paperwork after the fact, and they'll reference you know books in there. They'll give you a list, but um, it, it's not very structured in how you would think that like you know you're gonna have like you're not being tested on things. You don't get like you know you can go to classes and stuff, and they'll have that and they'll suggest you know this, these are the books that I used to do the class. I mean you know. But they don't really have anything down on you to, that you need to do, believe it or not. You could easily go there for years and not really much of anything. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so they it's just actually like having very them. surprising. 
Interesting. Did Very you have a self study or anything like that? Did you practice magic at home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I did everything. Uh, and <clears> they'll <throat> even say that too. They'll they'll say you know with secret societies you know the the real magic is done on their own. I mean the the okay. thing that maybe they're good for is if you wanted to meet other people like minded and you know, learn pe meet people that might know more than you do. So maybe you can learn some from them. Right. But uh, the real magic's really done on your own, in my opinion. Did you have results from practicing magic? Did you have results that you were satisfied with? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. I mean, there was ones I was satisfied with, maybe ones that I you know, wasn't even satisfed with. There maybe were like a little too much or just wasn't. It. But yeah, I've definitely gotten results. And uh, I definitely, by far, am convinced that it's real. There's, so it there's is no real. doubt in my mind. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Without Did you like have any contact, like uh, entity contact or anything like that, while you were practicing magic? Are you still practicing magic? No, I haven't. I haven't really, except for meditations. I have not really. Uh, I think one I have done like a banishing, gotcha. maybe a month ago. But besides that, I have not. Believe it or not, probably not done anything in almost a year. Wow! Gotcha. Right, the yeah, lesser banishing the rituals. Last, the last few things, the last few experiences I had kind of like shook me a little bit to my core so mm -hmm. i kind of just but, but you know basically wimped out <laughs> so you were getting this gangster <laughs> right so you were kind of getting drawn in then huh farther and farther um yeah yeah i mean not so much with the oto itself but with magic and so on you know, yeah for sure i was getting pretty, gotcha. so was did you have magic in, magic in theory and practice and follow those rituals <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm going to tell you right now, believe it or not, I am, I would probably consider one of the worst OTO members because I don't prescribe to everything that Crowley says and wrote. I'm not one of those. I, I just can't do it. I'm not going to put this dude up on a pedestal. Gotcha. Okay, and so Lux, if you can join in, can you talk about how you found out about um, the Golden Dawn and what led you to join? Sure, so... Um... I had always more or less been interested in esoteric Christianity. I was really interested in a lot of the old Hebrew books and uh, literature. And I would say that it, it got to a point where I was really curious about magic because of some of the things that I was finding in some of, you know, certain books that I was reading. And so I was always very, right from the get-go, I was very... Uh, pointed that there was no way I was going to join a order um, that I perceived to be on, you know, the dark side of things. And, uh, I mean, I made that very sort of clear, uh, both to myself and to the different groups that I was sort of reaching out to, to try to find the right fit. And, um, I, you know, of course, I had heard all of the, you know, Crowley left the, the Golden Dawn, and, you know, he there was no more influence, and they sort of more or less got rid of him, and wiped their hands clean of everything. So I thought, well, hey, that might be a really good order to give a shot because I was very against uh, anything to do with Crowley at the time. Gotcha. So uh, I had already been practicing certain uh, rituals, spells, meditations, uh, yoga, a whole bunch of different things, even before I uh, started doing the, the Golden Dawn initiation or, or even sending in paperwork to have it considered. So, What part of the country are you in? I'm on the East Coast. East Coast. So, but they have, like, there still are active kind of gold, actual real Golden Dawn followers and temples here in the States. Is that correct? There is. And there's uh, 
definitely a lot of cloudiness around certain orders um, because, you know, one Golden Dawn might have the name, but it, it's not necessarily the same lineage. Um, there are different Golden Dawns that say that there's truly the authentic one, but they all sort of claim that. So <laughs> um, you, you have a lot of different types of um, Golden Dawns, or I would say even Rosicrucian orders, which are directly associated with uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Right. I mean, there's this, what, Amwork or whatever it is. There's one out here in California, in San Jose. But yeah. uh, I think they have some of the ideas of Golden Dawn. But you actually got initiated into the Golden Dawn. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And can you talk a little bit about that initiation? Um, so it was about a, uh, about a year buildup. Um, there was a lot of, of questions and hoops that I sort of had to, to go through which is a bit different than uh, New York Patriots' story because they were very strict as far as, um, you know, letting anyone know their location uh, or things like that. And I had actually lived close to an OTO temple at the time. And, um, you know, I was, again, even upon contacting uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, I had said, hey, this is something that I'm really not interested in. So... Uh, if this is something that's going to sort of come up down the line, I, I would appreciate the heads up now because I definitely don't want to study anything with Crowley. And I was doing, you know, stuff like uh, um, like angel magic or, or, you know, banishing rituals and things. And so there was a bunch of paperwork that I had to fill out. They screened me pretty heavily. Um, and there was about, I would say, like a seven to eight month vetting process. Wow. Um, and New York Patriots, right, <laughs> because it was pretty expensive. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, your robes and books and a whole, whole bunch of different things that you have to purchase before uh, you even start the initiation. Um, and, you know, if you don't have the money, uh, they sort of say, well, find it. Um, so they don't give too much financial assistance to people. Uh, they really just want you to kind of go out and, and if, if this is something you're really determined to do, then, you know, you're going to go ahead and find the resources to do it. So I would say after about that eight month process, um, I decided to travel to the temple in order to get initiated, um, which was some ways away from uh, my house. So it was, it was quite a, quite a travel, um, and uh, before I was even doing the initiation, I did have to meet a bunch of different people from the temple, uh, sit down, and they would, you know, ask me a bunch of questions. And, uh, yeah, so that was, I guess I could talk a little bit of the first time that I had met them. Mm -hmm. um, they had set up a, a location where only I knew about it probably about an hour before, um, you know, before we met. And I get in there, and I'm sort of sitting, and um, this was at a local restaurant that they had. And I was there with um, my partner at the time, and we didn't see anybody. So after about 20 minutes had gone by, you know, they give me a phone call. And uh, sure enough, they had actually already been sitting there in the restaurant. Um, and they were just sort of like scouting, you know, watching to make sure that I was who I said I was and everything. And so we sit down, and uh, there were two males and a female. And... Um, the one thing that immediately stuck out to me was that they had just these massive rings 
when they're when they're fingers, and I'm talking Super Bowl size rings. And I just, I just uh, this was immediately the first thing um, that I noticed, and there was certainly a, a certain a, an energy that was there at the time. Um, I guess you could say maybe even an intimidating energy, um, and. So uh, we began to have a conversation about what I could expect for initiation because it was going to be happening, uh, you know, not long after we had got done uh, meeting every, everyone at the restaurant. And I remember that I was sitting there with my partner and, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to use any bad language, but the one of the first things that one of the members of the Golden Dawn had said to me and my partner at the time was, oh, don't worry this is not when we, you in the... Sodomize you, right, sodomize you. And, of course, oh, ha, 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 everyone's joking. Oh, my goodness, a funny joke. Because, you know, know, everybody who goes to enter a secret society, I think, always has those preconceived ideas as to what what they can expect and what they've heard. And, um, you know, you really don't know too much before initiation. So immediately... I was pretty nervous about that <laughs> because that was one of the first things that they had said. Um, but the, the guy who had said it, he ended up being uh, my mentor. And, uh, you know, he's a charming guy, and so I just kind of more or less just brushed it off. But that, I, I remember it always sort of hit me, um, you know, in that just that extra sense of where you go, huh, that, that was weird. You know, that's not something you say to somebody the first time that you meet them. Right, not a good so, sign. Uh, but you kind of made you a little uneasy, but they actually blindfolded you, right? Took you somewhere? They did. Um, so I was, you know, at the time I was staying at a hotel with my partner. and We went our separate ways, and she went back to uh, where we were staying. And uh, I went with uh, with the Golden Dawn. Yeah, I was blindfolded. It was I could not, you know, I did not know where I was going. I remember that car drive was, you know... I, was, I had a lot of anxiety, and uh, at the time, I was not feeling well at all. I had come down with just, whew, just the nastiest cold, and uh, it was hard to breathe under a mask and everything, so we eventually get there uh, to, you know, to the temple, and I immediately realized that it was not a temple in the traditional sense, but it was actually a residence. Gotcha. So... Can you hold your mic like if you're hold if you've got the wire? Can you just hold it because it's rubbing up against your shirt or something? Okay, is that a little bit better? It sounds better now, yeah. Um, okay. But the uh, so you got somewhere, but you were like a very serious kind of student of the Golden Dawn, correct? I mean, you read their books and were practicing their magic. Um. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm uh, more of a really uh, analytical person. I, I, you know, thrive really well in a structured environment. So, knowing that the Golden Dawn was more of a structured environment, yeah, you know, I did gravitate more towards that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty serious in it. I mean, you know, for that whole year up until you even get initiated, um, you know, you're you're practicing magic daily, and you're doing a lot of stuff in that day. Um, so it takes up a good amount of your time. It's a large investment of your time for sure. And did, when you were practicing and, and getting in, did you, like uh, New York Patriot, did you find results came from the magical practices? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was almost immediate. Yeah. Interesting. 
So, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people say it works. And so, what were you when you're practicing magic? What is the intent? What is the goal or response you're trying to get through the, the actual practice of magic with a K? Um, it would depend on sort of what the desire for the, the ritual is. Um, if you're doing, you know, banishing rituals, you're trying to you know, pretty much set up a perimeter that's going to surround you through the day, um, that's going to block any type of, you know, psychic attacks or worldly um, influences or astrological influences that might otherwise um, affect you. But, you know, doing certain rituals, you're creating that barrier around yourself so that those things become um, nullified. Um, just, you know, you, I would do a whole bunch of different types of rituals, I guess, but of course never anything um, black or gray magic in any sense. Gotcha. Um, do you guys mind if I ask you questions when we're done? I mean, I'm already getting questions coming in, but uh, so when you're practicing, you guys both together, okay, cool. Um, but you, like, you kind of had being outside, once you're inside, you kind of have a different perspective. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Sure. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe some disillusionment, or did you feel like, oh, this is, I mean, what what kind of things struck at you know, struck out at you? you want to go first? <laughs> What's that? Anyone? Would you, I mean, you like when first? you? Yeah. One of you guys can talk. Yeah. Um, as far as things that stuck out to me as strange or. Just like being a part of a secret society. I mean, you're in kind right. of secret societies that you have initiated to. Was it? Was there? You know, you. I mean, I think listening to your when your podcast, you're talking about like you have discernment moments or instincts. Something mm-hmm. bothers you. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there would just be things that uh, you know rubbed me the wrong way. I guess I would do. Um, I would do a lot of research, and I wanted to advance pretty quickly because um, I, I didn't want to take a, you know the long road of where I took it half serious. I mean, I, I really delved in deep and fast, and did, you know, the reason why I did that was so that I could you know advance. And I remember that I began to do research on um, things that I was told you know more or less were above uh, my grade, and not to worry about those things at all. Um, and that was something a bit strange because when I would reach out to get certain questions answered that I thought that were pretty important, I was more or less told, you know, no. Um, and I remember specific times I, I would more more or less get lashed for uh, um, contacting people unless it was in a very, very specific structured way. Um, and uh, I just, just general people that I would see time and time again, I, I just discernment, there was something off. I, I just started to, I thought that maybe that this group was connected to other groups that I was not being told about and hmm. uh, had done some research um, just because I'm, I'm way too curious for my own good. And uh, doing the research... I began to notice in some of my books and curriculums that were given to me from the Golden Dawn, um, I began to see other references to other orders and other groups that uh, initially I had been told they were not associated with the Golden Dawn or even specifically with um, this specific branch. 
Gotcha. So you yeah, talked. I think so you I, talked about the Astro Argentum, right? That, right. Yeah, so yeah. I, right, right, and um, you know, in Golden Dawn, you have an outer order and you have an inner order, and so your outer order would be the Golden Dawn, but then your inner order, uh, you know, I was told was a Rosicrucian order, and um, which was eventually found out to be the AA. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So. In your Golden Dawn, the AA was the internal order. Is that correct? There are a bunch of different. There are a bunch of internal, other internal orders. Yeah, that's correct. Interesting. So the Hermetic Order started. Go ahead. Imagine we're told that you know they more or less stand alone, Um, but again, they don't. I. I'm convinced now, especially after the conversations that I had with other people in my order, uh, we would use Masonic temples all the time to do different meetings or rituals, and I was always led to believe prior that the Masons and Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn were not connected. And I remember finding that out, and I thought, well, that's that's definitely strange, because I, I had always thought that they were totally independent of each other. There's a lot more connectedness than I think people people might think. Right. And is it did you find people within your order were also members of other orders, not just the Golden Dawn, but that they kind of uh group hopped perhaps? Um yeah, to some extent. Gotcha. And uh I mean so it all but that those original, you know, Golden Dawn rituals were from the 19th century, but they just kind of uh, disseminated themselves all through the OTO, the AA, through Rigardi, all these other people. Yeah. And uh, so, you probably you do you think that you were practicing the original Golden Dawn uh, tracts materials? Um, I can't say for absolutely sure because I was always told that you know there were. Yeah, there, there are older versions, and I was even told things um, in secret as far as just by oral tradition of, you know, what we disseminate in books is not the actual, you know, a banishing rituals, or this is not the actual, the, you know, there's something else you have to add ear, and there's something you have to add here, and so there's more to the rituals than um, sort of what is widely uh, distributed. There's, there's more versions that... Uh, that you're only told about once you actually are in the order. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, New like York Patriot... The, yeah. Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead, please. I was going to say, even the way that he uh, does his... Well, or has been told that to do the banishing ritual, the pentagrams, even different than the way I do it. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I found that to be interesting when he told me. And what um, when you were in the OTO, what was that like? What was it like being in? Um... <laughs> To tell you the truth, I mean, at first I was just kind of like surprised because I, I just figured like, you know, a secret society just would have been a little bit more, a little different, a little bit more structured. Uh, it just seemed like, I guess, um, a lot of people that I guess just thought it was kind of like an edgy thing. Um, the, the things, though, that really started to, uh, you know, make me question stuff. One, they did not, they seemed to... Um, push a certain uh, ideology. Um, I mean, I don't want to start to make it political, but they, they definitely by far push a liberal 
a leftist uh, thinking. Hmm. And uh, to tell, to be totally honest with you, that in me, uh, my opinion, that's also the complete opposite of what that uh, of what the OTO should have stood for. I mean, it, it almost even kind of goes completely against it, in my opinion. What the phrase "do with that will" should be the whole law, love the law, love and the will. Even the liberal mind, in my opinion, is actually completely opposite of that. It's the farthest thing from it. So I started to, you know, question and wonder uh, why is is that, you know, why is it actually becoming filled with people with the, the mindset that's the complete opposite of why you should be here? Um, and I don't think it's, it's, you know, if that was happening by accident, in my opinion, uh, the the, the secret, you know, the OTO would crumble because people would leave and it would have lost what it was supposed to be. Um, I think in, in, in the sense that it's actually on purpose. Oh, interesting. When you, you are know, in the OTO... They want you, you're, you're supposed to be a very focused, uh, strong-minded, strong-willed person, um, you know, in their opinion. You know, to do your will, to know who you are, and you're supposed to do what you, you know, what your objective is and don't let, you know, outside trigger you or change you or pull you off your course but like as soon as you put on the tv and trump opens up their mouth 90 percent of the orders on the floor like having a you know the conniption so i right. didn't understand like you know and then when you start promoting antifa and blm i have to like you know draw the line there fascinating so really you found the group to be very political um, it, the members themselves can be, and the, the funny thing is, it seems like, uh, that seems to be the big click at some of the ones that I've gone to a scene that the, the people of that type of mindset seem to make up more of the place, uh, seems to be like the cool kid and the ones that are tend to be, uh, you know, doing the masses and the classes more and have more, uh, musicians in the order tend to be of, of those, those types of people. Hmm. And did you when and you were like in the you start getting higher up? There's certain things that I know to be true that I'm just not willing to do to take an initiation. It's just beyond me. So I knew I would never get to a certain degree, regardless, and I would just how how far that. along the degree path did you go? Well, see, that's you know, unfortunately to stay anonymous. You know, believe it or not, once you get to the second degree, I think that puts you in like the tiny percent percentile. So if I was to like even say that or anything above that, it would really start to narrow it down to like who I could be. Believe it or gotcha. not, understood. No worries. The yeah. uh, but but the, 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 but I can tell you sure in the fifth degree you do have to cover a chest, uh, cross into your chest, and I am not down for that. So I knew I was going to go. So you have to so, you have to carve a cross in your chest. You're going to come yes into the middle of your chest. It's it's I mean it's it's in the ritual and I've seen people with it after. The so I'm not, I'm not making this up. Or <laughs> no, I'm, I'm well, Crowley branded no, no, all I'm these saying, Scarlet Women. Sometimes so some people, some point. people, be like, uh, "This guy's just freestyling and making something up." Like I know I've seen the hunch. It, it happens. Did you? Was that ritual in the secret rituals of the OTO? That book that was released. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, what did you find it within the OTO that they had internal documents or like an oral? Like only spoken tradition as well. Yeah, um, there's sometimes depending on who was doing certain classes that might have been a little bit higher up. Like I mean, you know, going past the fifth for sure. Sometimes they would throw like little things in there that seemed to be made of off than you normally read. 
Um, I mean, some people have even admitted that, you know, when you get to a certain degree, there is certain paperwork that you are privy to. Right. There's no Right, because I've heard the OTO has its own internal documents that the public's never seen. Oh, yeah, they they do for sure, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, I mean, maybe you guys can just kind of talk about how you got maybe disillusioned or wanted to get out of the group. I mean, how did that, how did that process begin and end for you, New York Patriot? Um, for me, believe it or not, I mean, like I had said, plus I'm sure COVID probably made things a lot easier because um, they had opened up the temple. So if you wanted to do anything, it's by Zoom. But I mean, honestly, I've had people that, friends of mine that I knew that neither stopped going or just completely moved too. I mean, you just stop going. I mean, they're not going to question you. I'm sure maybe if you were very high up, then they'd be like, oh, you know, what's up with that? But, you know, I'm sure people like from the fifth degree or lower, like, you know, you disappeared and nobody's going to question anything. And did you, um, was there, in mean, your if, order, if, you, was, if you don't want to be associated with them at all, you know, even having your name on their stuff, you have to, the, the Grand Lodge, and they'll send you uh, paperwork. It could take a few months, and then sign it and send it back, and they, re, you know, they remove you. Gotcha. And did you? Was there like a squabbles within the OTO between uh, members of the order or different versions or anything like that? Did you ever hear the name McMurtry or any of these other characters? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, okay. Um, uh, you know, what was one th- weird is that they uh, the one thing that. They did not like James Wasserman around where okay. I was at. I can tell you that right now. Interesting. He uh, he, he took the rights, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't a leftist, so of course they didn't like him. Gotcha. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was he, was, he, he was wrote very big on the Second Amendment. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he, he, yeah. He was very active. So was McMurtry. I mean, I suppose that McMurtry wanted to claim the OTO as being gifted to him from Crowley, and that he was the uh, what do you think? What's the Arab term? He was the caliphate, head of the caliphate, oh, I know right? Yeah. yeah so, I don't know if that was something that you guys, the real OTO, the fake OTO, I don't know if that was something that you ever heard of. I No, I've never really heard them say any bad about McMurtry. Gotcha. And um, or do you consider yourself part or, part of the larger magical groups or just the OTO? Oh, no, I was just, I only considered myself a member oh, of the yeah. OTO. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. And then, Lux, how did you kind of uh, take the steps to leave the Golden Dawn? Still there? Let me get that. Let's unmute that. There you go. You have to unmute. There you go. Nice. Oh, you're there. Yeah, there you go. yeah I'm here. Huh? Um, so, the reason why I ended up, um, you know, I started to like I said, see things in paperwork where a lot of other groups were referenced. And um, I just got really curious about it. And, you know, I began to look the websites up for these groups that were referenced. And I noticed that the longer that I was in the Golden Dawn, it seemed as though there was like a convergent point where it now just, it's like it slowly turned into Thelema. And, um, I remember taking a look at some of the websites that, you know, these groups that were referenced in some of my curriculums as I got further up. 
And um, I would look on these websites and I would see something totally different than what I was being taught. <laughs> it was like a 180. And um, anytime that I was asking questions about it, as far as, well, this doesn't make sense or this doesn't make sense or I was just told, don't ask those questions. And I would just be given a very vague response. And because mm -hmm. of that, I just, I, I was not willing to continue down a road where I wasn't getting the proper answers, even at this point. Um, right. So I just, I knew that I was being misled. I knew that I was being lied to, um, or, you know, maybe misled at least. Um, again, because I had said things very early on about, you know, not being interested in, in Thelema. So that's what kind of just was the, the last straw, and I decided that I was done. Did you officially try to revoke your uh, involvement, or did you try to get paperwork to say you're out of it? Yeah, so um, it, it's a long process. I mean, you, they really try to push you to just take a sabbatical and to, oh, well, you know, don't... Uh, it's too much. Just, you know, I, we understand that you're stressed. Take some time off. Um, and I had initially sort of thought that could be a possibility, but then just had said no and, and require, or requested um, my paperwork back. So. Gotcha. And, and then, so looking back after you're leaving, I mean, are you still kind of practicing? Are you still involved in, in magic? Or what are your thoughts after coming out of the Golden Dawn? Um, I think to the general public, uh, we're kind of disillusioned, just the general public. We're disillusioned as to what magic is. Um, a lot of things are magic. And um, I, I think that we all sort of practice magic in our own certain ways. It's just that we have a different definition for what we call magic, you know, from meditation to prayer, um, setting the intention or the will, you know, communicating with a with God or whatever it is that you, you know, you call him or her or whatever it is that you practice. And, um, I, I definitely am still very, um, invested into the, uh, occult, which I would say is just hidden systems, systems that are directly being kept from people. Um, so that, you know, certain groups, certain people, they can, as long as they have this information and the general public doesn't, they're able to manipulate us in ways that are just unbelievable. So they have a very, un very good understanding um, as to the psychological aspects of society and man. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, the, a large majority of, the, of magic or the occult I'd, I would say is more about the total understanding of, of the psyche. The psyche, right. And how to manipulate. I mean, your tagline, the tagline for both of you guys is you're fed up and disgusted how the human race is being manipulated by magic. Do you think because of your magical experience, you're more attuned to spotting that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by far. I mean, because, it, I mean, it, yeah, in some ways, magic is manipulation, right? You're trying to manipulate the outside world or people. Almost all the magical orders have something where the, the, the people are mundane, they're a herd, cruelly called them a herd, you know. Mm. So, yeah, the slave you, shall serve is what he said. 
Right, the Slingshot Service, exactly. So, um, and you guys have did also kind of asked, looked into other things on your channel too, right? So, mm. oh, um, yeah. Pet Goat and also mm-hmm. Pizza Gate and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yep. And can you, oh, yeah, well, I mean, sure. what are your, I mean, if you have like an overarching view, like, I guess that, what, what is it? What's your view of how magic's being used today? I mean, I mean, psychologically, I mean, I think it was, um, it, it really dawned on me and, um, I wanted to really kind of get into this stuff and getting those stuff out. Once everything started happening with like COVID and, uh, and George Floyd and with stuff with Antifa, cause I felt like or even, I mean, I, I hate again to, to make it political, but even when I saw the, uh, the logo for the Democratic party, um, I was just like, yo, this stuff is just in our faces. Like, this is just ridiculous. At the like, People are just literally being controlled. Like they're like a video game. You know, like they're just, yeah. and the whole thing is, is the, the wild stuff too, is that it's almost as if they're being made who pull rabbits out of hats it's almost as magic in that sense but they're just using media and and like the, the you know the leftist ideology to like really you know pull the covers over people's eyes and just make them see what they want them to see or believe or you know feel it's just massive amount of fear in that they are putting out there to get the reaction that they want and then the end result that they want yeah, they do it over and over. Not to get into conspiracy stuff, I think COVID's a part of it. Uh, I also believe uh, by far a BLM and Antifa, by far. I mean, in my opinion, BLM, I mean, before they took it down, you used to be able to go to their website and read what we believe. I mean, they were Marxists, they were, they were witches. Uh, yeah. I mean, when they're chanting people's names, that's a, a mantra. Most people may not realize they honestly think that they're raising the energy of the dead person to use. Um, right. And that stuff's being played on TV and people are watching it and have no idea because when you take things out of context, you take a 10 second clip out of a three minute video, people are going to only believe what you want them to see. So, I mean, the media and, and everybody's basically all point on it. Right. In my opinion. And I just think it's. it's coming at people from all direction I think to push us in a slave state or you know, globalist uh, agenda interesting and what, what are your yeah, thoughts on I, I would agree with a lot of that um, and you know I would even have people who while I was in the golden dawn who would talk about how you know it does go up other groups you know you're, you're going to take your next step and you're going to take your next step and eventually you know you're going to get into some of the more inner orders and the more inner orders and uh, the inner orders of a lot i would say maybe all of these groups i mean it is a giant tree and the majority of the branches are all connecting they're just we're told that the groups don't interact or work together or talk or communicate or have a plan but from my experience that's not the case and um I would hear all the, you know, people in, especially some of the higher ups in the order would joke about, you know, the Illuminati and things like this. And all I'm going to say is that I know that the people who I was around were people just like you and me. We, you would never suspect these 
Did we lose them? I think so. People you know, occultists or prize groups that when you right. when you go in that they're all black and that everyone's you know got you know some metal music or something playing and that everyone looks like you know they're gothic or something and that is not the way that it is. The people that I were around were predominant figures in the community, very well respected, and I, I would say had a, a significant significant amount of, of power just in their uh, their jobs, their employment. Yeah, you said there's teachers, doctors, lawyers, things like that. Oh, everything. I mean, as oh, much for as sure. Can... There was a. I've met a lot of those doctors mm-hmm. and lawyers for sure. I mean, teachers, teachers. Yeah, and I, I would say. To me, magic, uh, uh, the way that I liken it is electricity. If you went back 200 years ago and you told people about electricity, you know, they, they would think that you were crazy or a kook. But, you know, just like electricity, electricity can be used to shock someone and to hurt them very badly. But electricity can also be used to light light bulbs and other things like that. And I think that a majority of the magical systems are hidden information or lost information that is specifically kept hidden now so that it can be used to manipulate the masses. Because and I'm not talking about banishing rituals and things like that. I'm talking about the understanding of color, the significance of how color affects behavior, um, sounds, how certain sounds will influence your brain to make you feel certain things or bring out certain behavior. Um, you know, and, and so a lot of these systems are deployed against people and they're just none the wiser. They just are just sort of going along life. And they, you know, I, I don't ever want to make it seem like this giant grand conspiracy of, you know, but ev- that everyone at the top of the level is, everyone's involved. But, I mean, it, it's it's a significant amount of people, and I would say that there is de- a definite plan. Um, and I, I think, do you think that, that a, a, Do you think that a cult plan is like the, what would be described as the New World Order, like a one-world government? Do you think that's the common denominator in these occult groups? Yeah, because, again, there are some yeah. groups that... And it's funny because, you know, New York Patriot and I talk about this all the time. It's like, so for each order, for each group, it's almost like they cast a very wide net, okay? Because New York Patriot, him and I are very, very similar, but we have different personality types. And so, of course, they sort of cast this net because they know that certain people will gravitate towards certain groups. I'm more analytical. I was more curious about the curriculum-based type of learning, so I gravitated towards Golden Dawn. Other people gravitate towards Masons. And so they basically have different groups out that will fit your personality trait. You go into them. And so it's a way to sort of suck up all the people who would otherwise do that research sort of maybe on their own and other things. Um, But they all do feed up into, I would say, a much more organized, uh, I would say a more consolidated inner core of people. And it seems as though it gets darker the further that you the further that you advance. It seems the darker it goes. There's just a general different tone to things. Um, so, so once you're in, then you start learning more and more. So it seems like you guys, mm-hmm. the farther you got up, the more uncomfortable you got. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I would. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just like even like when you really start getting like results. I mean, that could also kind of even like 
they start questioning, like, you know, what's really going on, too. Mm-hmm. Right. For me. Um, and you, which one of the groups, like a handful of them, went to the Temple of Set? Was that true? What was I? I remember listening to that. You had somebody leave, like the OTO, and join the Temple of Set. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, where I mean, for most people I know, uh, if they're pretty serious with the OTO, they always seem to be like either you know involved in something else, or you know, either be in the the AA, or they might be in like you know some kind of which, uh, oh my God, Coven or or the Temple of Set was another thing was of, uh, we're in. Yeah, yeah right. you, you'll get people who are in multiple, multiple Freemasons. Multiple groups, right. And Freemasons. Yo, right, because sure. that's what Crowley recommended was to join all the groups, right? So did you think that there's kind of like an interlocking directorate of occultists, some of these guys who are at the top are running multiple groups or involved? Do you ever see anything like that? Um, there was definitely news that were, um, actually big in all three. They were high up, you know, or higher up than the average in the AA, the Temple of Set, and the TO, the two people, which I found rather interesting. I mean, I don't know if that's because just the, they were there for such a long time or, or what. Gotcha. And, uh, I mean, you guys are still putting content out on Bitchy, right? So... People can find your stuff on BitChute, and you're on Gab too, right? Yeah, we yep. have BitChute, YouTube, um, and we're on. We have a Gab uh, T channel. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's the occult rejects. Um, the, Jack Pine's asking you this question. Can you explain what watchtowers are and how they're used in ritual? Are you familiar with that term? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I never really. That's. I think so. I'd be better off with that. I know, like, that's uh, tended to be used in, like, Wicca rituals and uh, maybe uh, maybe Old One one, but I never really got into them. But basically, I think it's like calling the element, whatever you consider to be, like, the elemental being or that elemental idea from the friend, that's kind of what you're calling. Yeah, and there's multiple watchtowers that guard certain perimeters of time and space. Gotcha. An and entity specifically that occupies that space. So there's an entity that watches the, that's in the watchtower, is that it? So it's associated with yeah. an entity? Yeah, well, it can be a very amorphous type of term. Yeah, just like New York Patriots said, a, a force, a certain, um, a certain attribute that uh, you know represents Northwest, East, South, things like that. So. Yeah, I mean, you could be calling like you know gnomes, or you could call the element of Earth, or I mean, you know, it could be. It's normally just like to me, it was a neither. A, you know, sometimes in some of these rituals, like something like that, could all just be for you to create a mental picture in your mind, making sure you're going. Right. You know, so having like this tower, and you actually carrying. In and picturing what you're trying to call, and it is just kind of like a link to the mind and on what you're focusing. Gotcha. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap it up? Anything you'd like to tell the audience? Um, I mean, uh, my, I mean, the reason why we started the pod, you know, the podcast basically was to you know let people uh, know what's going on, trying to point out. 
um, occultum. Um, like we've said, we do believe it's it's around us uh, everywhere. And in my opinion, it's almost kind of like the fabric on what you know the world has been constructed constructed with. Um, the reason because we don't want to see other people getting trapped up in it and i guess to maybe give like, just maybe a word of advice is to uh you know not believe everything you see especially on the tv um trying logically don't think with uh feelings and fear because that's basically what they're going to try to do and uh you know sometimes you know go with your first instinct if it seems to be the most positive uh, reaction and um you know don't be so full of, uh, of ego and I think uh, <clears throat> that's a, a way to try to stay uh, stay out of their trap a little at least. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, you no, know, I'm just the, trying to give some good advice. <laughs> yeah, on, the, on, the, on the podcast, too, uh, you know, one thing that we're really focused on is that, um, you know, governmental agencies um, that have a lot of money <laughs> have been researching these subjects. Um, so you don't have to take our word for it. You know, you don't have to believe us when we talk about this stuff. You know, come over to our podcast, see how we're, you know, there have been scientific, analytical, you know, studies that have been done about these systems. And enough to the fact that certain government agencies take them as literal fact and they are using them. They're actually deploying them on a daily basis. And they've been researching it for decades. And, you know... Um, as as long as they sort of have that information and we don't, we're always going to be able to, you know, be manipulated or sort of pushed down a certain path. I mean, if right now you can see it. It's it's everywhere. The whole of society is it's almost split into two different factions or groups of people. Right. And, you know, that, that division is on purpose. I mean, you have the left and you have the right. And, you know, it's very ironic that both of the attributes of the, the political left and the political right represent the attributes of, you know, the hemispheres oh, of, the, of the brain, right? And yeah. they're playing all magic, of us. For real. Yeah, yeah. And they're playing all of us off of each other, and, and they're doing a great job of it because, you know, everyone's so divided. And what we want to do is we want to decipher the language, right? We want to We want to be able to to show you what's around so that people, you know, realize the situation that they're in. Cause if we don't realize the situation that we're in, we're not going to be able to get out. Um, and that's, you know, for humanity to be free and to not have, you know, these secret people who are watching over everything and, and sort of setting the plan that they want. Uh, that's not fair. And, um, you know, something else we're really trying to do is, is we want to build a community of people who have been in secret societies before and, you know, who are looking for resources when they get out. Because some of these societies can really take a whole grip of your entire life. I'm talking financial, uh, right. financial control so that they own things that you would, that, that are yours, that you, you lose your, and maybe New York Patriot can talk to that about that a little bit, but you lose a lot of your autonomy. You lose your ability to get out because they slowly take more things from you. And so we're trying to build a community of, of people who are former secret society members that can give each other help, whether that is, you know, just someone to listen to because it's a unique type of situation when you come out. And uh, sometimes you can feel really alone. And we just want to build a community that sort of is the, the anti 
occult, or maybe you could say, you know, deciphering the occult, because, um, you know, it's uh, it's a big untapped amount of people out there that have come yeah. out and they just don't know what to do. Yeah, well, you could you could have a very broad, wide pool if you include Scientology, Moonies, all these other people. Exactly. I mean, yep. So that's a lot of people. Um, so I didn't. I I came across you on BitChute, but you have a podcast. Is it on, available on iTunes under the Occult Rejects? Um, Spotify, on Spotify. For some reason, oh, okay. you know the the problem. Also, with the uh, with shows that we've done recently, a lot of them you needed a visual, so there was really no point in putting up the audio. We did finally put up a fourth episode. Now, I don't know if that's why Anchor hasn't put it on to Apple yet, but we're on Spotify and Anchor. Spotify and Anchor, gotcha. Yeah. I, you, I, think I might end up yeah. putting us on Spreaker, and then that will put us on Apple. I thought yeah, about that. that's what I use Spreaker, too. But... Uh, so you would prefer people to listen to you there or not go to BitChute, or what's your preferred uh, spot um, to listen Except for maybe like four of our videos, the rest of them are going to really probably watch it to get anything out of it. So I would suggest, I would suggest going to watch it on BitChute. At least you can close BitChute. the app or close the screen and still listen. You can look at it the whole time. But uh, we do have a yeah, but very limited on the podcast right now. Gotcha. If people are trying yeah, to we reach are out to you, yeah. Rumble, Rumble. Gotcha. If people are trying to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? Um, I, guess um, I would say either you on Gab or our, our email. Honestly, yeah, gotcha. So Gab, well, the only problem we see with Gab, we have to. I don't think it's messaging on Gab, which sucks. So, I mean, if you see us pull somewhere, we have our own group. It's very small. I mean, I guess you can, you know, tag us and say what's up. Or, I mean, you can email us. Mm-hmm. Than, you know. that's, uh, how, that's how I reach yeah, out to you. The yeah, 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 the occult rejects at Proton. Yeah, the occult rejects at ProtonMail.com. That's it. All right, guys. Well, I think that uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your experiences. And uh, hopefully people will oh, reach sure. out Thanks. to you if they have any questions. But uh, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.